Welcome, welcome to Door of Hope this morning. It's good to see you all. I wonder if you've ever had the kind of conversation with friends where you know you've been <clears throat> talking and everything's fairly positive and jovial, and a few laughs here and there, and maybe talking about what's happening in your week, and it comes around to the next person to chip in, and they they just say something really just sad or um, negative. And it's just kind of, it's this awkward part of the conversation. Everything is joyful and everything is good. And then all of a sudden, buzzkill over here. He says something and the conversation just dies. And it's like really awkward to try to figure out how do we move on from that? Like, where do we go to from there? Well, as we've been journeying through the wisdom literature books, I've been picturing each of our five books as, as guys. And um, they're maybe, in my mind, they're kind of sitting around a table at a restaurant or a cafe, and they're talking about life. And, and we hear from Job, and Job says, hey guys, have I got a tale to tell you? You know, my life was amazing, it was, I had everything that I needed, and then I lost it all, everything just went completely terribly, um, but I, I trusted in God through it all, and then I came out the other side, and now my life's great again. And uh, then I can picture the the psalmist, who I'm picturing as like a bit of a um, hipster kind of folk musician with you know a big beard and tattoos or something, and and he and he says, "Hey, Job, I've got some songs I think you would enjoy. I reckon I've got some songs that you could have sung in your deepest, darkest moments, and I've got some songs that you could sing now that your life is going really well and really great." And then I reckon they they turn to the writer of the book of Proverbs and and they say, "Hey." You're really wise, you know, what, what's, you know what, what have you observed about life? And the writer of Proverbs kind of says, hey, I'm, I've lived a fair bit of life by now. I, I would say, observing everything that's happened, I would say that generally speaking, people who follow God and do the right thing have a far better life than people who do evil things and wicked things and don't follow God. I, I'd say that's my assessment of life. And then, and then I reckon they turn to the teacher of Ecclesiastes. And they say, well, teacher, what do you say about life? What have you observed about life? And it's here where the teacher kind of says, well, none of us really matter that much and we're all going to die. <laughs> See what I mean? Like complete buzzkill. The conversation just dies right there. And, and that's kind of what, it like, what it's like, reading the Bible, we, reading the wisdom literature. It's kind of like, you know, you have these moments of ups and downs, but generally it's all pretty joyful and positive. And then you get to Ecclesiastes, and it's like, oh, who let this guy in? Like, oh, oh man, what a downer. Uh, verse 2, meaningless, meaningless, the teacher says. Utterly meaningless. Everything is Meaningless. Oh man, cheer up a bit. Like, seriously. Well, that's what, kind of what it's like, isn't it? It's, it's, Ecclesiastes is kind of like the buzzkill of the Bible, in a way. You know, why is it even there? Who invited that guy? <laughs> I'm sure there's something there that we can learn. I'm sure there's something there that we can take away and wonder what that is. Well, as, as we have read already, it starts off, verse 2, and he kind of just gets straight to it, doesn't he? He just gets straight to the point. There's no warm-up. There's no kind of leading into things um, gently. He just says right from the outset, hey, guys, meaningless. Meaningless, 
utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Meaningless, 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 meaningless. In this whole book of Ecclesiastes, this word meaningless appears like about 40 times. Meaningless. So I think this is a pretty important word to understand. I think that if we truly want to understand the book of Ecclesiastes, we need to understand the meaning of meaningless. So, it's the most important thing to understand. So what does it mean? Well, the word that we've translated as meaningless is the Hebrew word hevel. Everyone say hevel. Very good, very good. And the word hevel literally meant a vapor or a smoke or like the, your warm breath on a cold morning. And I was going to make sure all the heaters were turned off this morning so that we could all truly appreciate Hevel together, but I decided not to. I've got something else I can show you with that. But Hevel, he says, the teacher says, the life is Hevel. Life is a vapor. Life is smoke. Well, why does he use this metaphor? What, what, what is he saying about life and the things of this world when he refers to them as smoke or vapor? Well, here we go. There's, there's two ways that I want to focus on this morning that, that the teacher uses the word hevel to describe life. And uh, I'm going to use that by, by uh, demonstrating some smoke here. I've got some smoke. Here we go. Now, as you can see, the first thing about smoke is that it's kind of here one minute, and in a minute or two, it, sorry, Janet, it's right in your face. <laughs> I even aimed it upwards so that it didn't shoot straight into the front row. That's all right. It's gone. The next. See, look at that. It's, it's almost gone already. The fleeting nature of smoke, the teacher says, it's just like life. He, he looks back on his life and he says, you know what? Compared with the earth that we are on, he says, yeah, everything under the sun, that is the, the world that we live in, he says, compared with that, you know, the, the sun sets every evening, the sun rises again every morning, the wind goes wherever it wants to, we have no control over that. He says, the, the rivers all feed into the oceans. He says that um, there's nothing new under the sun. He says um, things like, you know, 99% of the people that have ever gone before us, we have no idea who they are or even care. And to be honest, 99% of us in this room will probably be forgotten in a couple of generations and no one will know who we are. He says, life compared with the earth that we live in is like a vapor. It's, it's there one minute and completely gone the next, completely forgotten again. Buzzkill. <laughs> There one minute and gone the next. He says, even, even he's worked so hard to gather all this wealth in his life. And, and he says, you know, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was hevel. Hevel, everything, all of it. All the money, all the mansions that I'd built for myself. He refers to... Um, the women that he had accumulated over many years. Uh, he had uh, the money, everything that a, a man could possibly want, apparently. And all of it was hevel. All of it was hevel. A chasing after the wind, 
and nothing was actually gained under the sun. He even refers to his own wisdom. He's you know, a man of great amounts of wisdom, and he says, in actual fact, that's all Hevel too, because he's realised at the end of his life that the wise person and the fool, they both die. They both die. He says, both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, what is the value of all my wisdom? This is so heavy. For the wise and the foolish, they both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. He even talks about his legacy and all sorts of other parts of his life and refers to the whole lot as Hevel, a vapour that is here one minute and gone the next. The other thing about smoke and vapour is a little bit more abstract, and that's this. Sorry, Janet. It's right there in front of me, isn't it? It's right there, and yet when I go to grasp it, I can't. I know it's there, because I can see it, I can smell it, Janet can smell it. (laughs) And yet when I go to grasp it, I can't. I can't. He says, this is what life is. We think we understand how life is meant to work, and then the moment we do, life throws us a curveball, doesn't it? We think we've figured it all out, and then life surprises us. He says this. This is not all that is heavily in our world. He says, in this life... Good people are often treated as though they were wicked. And wicked people are often treated as though they were good. This is so heavy. That doesn't make sense. You would think that good people, people who do the right thing, would be treated well and rewarded for that. And you would think people who do evil things and terrible things would not prosper from that. And yet... Just when we think that makes sense, we find out that the opposite can be true. Just as we think we've got a grasp on life, we realise, no, didn't understand it. Doesn't make sense. The patterns of life that we expect to be true simply aren't always reality. Uh, My wife and Chantelle and I, we... um, used to play, really enjoy a game, um, a card game called Killer Bunnies. Now, um, some, we, we've played that with a few of you here, so we know that some people here know what I'm talking about, but for those who don't, Killer Bunnies is a card game where you play with kind of funny bunny characters, and essentially the way that you win is that after all the rounds happen, um, you have to have the, the exact carrot card that matches the one that's on the bottom of the pile that you shuffled at the start of the game. And so you can, you can play this very complex, kind of complicated game and, um, with offence and defence and all these kinds of fun things and um, you can buy expansion packs to allow you to do other things. I think at one time we had like a dozen different expansion packs and you'd get all the cards out um, uh, and there'd be piles this big and the complications of the game and it was just 
incredible and you could play for hours and hours and you could completely dominate the opposition. You could completely wipe the floor with everybody else and yet in the end, (laughs) you only won if your card matched the one that was on the bottom of that shuffled pile. (laughs) In the end, it just still completely came down to chance. And this caused people to either love the game of Killer Bunnies or completely despise with every ounce of their being this game that frustrated them no end because no matter how well you did, it still just came down to the shuffle of the cards. And I reckon that the teacher of Ecclesiastes must have played Killer Bunnies (laughs) because he wrote about it, he describes it beautifully in uh, chapter 9 where he says this, he says, I observed something else that happens under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race and the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not always wealthy and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. Hevel. Hevel. I I wonder if you can relate to any of those descriptions or maybe you know somebody who can relate. I wonder, I, I know plenty of very intelligent people that struggle to get a job. I know plenty of very skillful people who just struggle to get ahead in life. That just doesn't make sense, does it? Surely, surely, people who are good at things would be successful in life. Surely, the fastest person will always win the race. But that's not always the case, is it? Life doesn't work like that. Life is hevel. Danny um, spoke on Proverbs a couple of weeks ago, which was excellent. And one of the things that he said was that sometimes we can mistake the book of Proverbs for a a book of promises. Sometimes we can get those confused. And and I think that's especially um, evident in something like Proverbs chapter 3, where he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Surely, this means that if we always do the right thing, then God will make our lives easy and smooth and comfortable, doesn't it? Surely, this verse means that If we commit, if it's our responsibility to live life right, then it's God's responsibility to make our life easy. And I think what the book of Ecclesiastes does, what the teacher in this book does and says is this. Yeah, but no. (laughs) Yeah, but not always. Not always. It doesn't always work out like that. We all know that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Don't we? We all know that sometimes very good things can happen 
to some very bad people. What does it say about God if our theology is that God rewards people who do good with an easy life? What does it say about God when we see evil people who have an easy life? That doesn't make sense, does it? All of a sudden, we question, what is that all about? What is that all about? Why do people who do bad things get an easy life? And why do good people who do good things have struggles? Well, Ecclesiastes says, well, that's, that's, that's see what I mean? <laughs> life is hell. It doesn't make sense. The moment we try and grasp it is the moment we realize we really can't. We just we don't have any control of our lives. You see, Ecclesiastes, it it forces us to ask ourselves the question, a very difficult question. What if our expectations of life are all wrong? What if it's really not God's just responsibility to make our lives easy and comfortable? What if we don't have as much control over our lives as we would like to think. What if life really is heaven? And how do we live with that? How should we respond to that? Well, Ecclesiastes, it might ask us the incredibly difficult question, but its answer for this question is, for a lot of us, probably fairly unsatisfying. Because Ecclesiastes, essentially, the teacher is saying, life is hevel, get used to it. (laughs) That's essentially what he says. He says, life is hevel, accept it. Accept it. In fact, he says all all the way through the book of Ecclesiastes, several times, he says the, the best way to enjoy life is enjoy the small gifts from God. Eat, drink, and be merry. (laughs) He says, enjoy food and drink and the company of your friends and your family. Enjoy a sunny day. Enjoy the small things in life. And then roll with whatever else comes along. And then right towards the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, the author um, who has kind of collected the, the wisdom of this teacher, he he kind of wraps up and summarizes the whole book. And, and he says this, these really interesting words. He says, The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. You know what a goad is? A goad is like a big stick with nails on the end. And the shepherd used to poke the sheep into the right direction. I suppose we have um, cattle prods or tasers or something these days. I don't know. But um, it's the idea that we have a good shepherd... And, and he uses the wisdom of Ecclesiastes, which can be quite uncomfortable to think about and can cause us perhaps even to ask more questions than it answers and, and maybe causes us to kind of rethink things and, and kind of can hurt a little bit and be a bit uncomfortable. And yet he uses that to guide us in the right direction, to guide us towards a greater understanding and trust in him.
And then, and then he kind of wraps up the whole book and he says, how do we live in the midst of hevel? Well, he says, now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Fear God and keep his commandments. How do we live in the midst of this hevel, of this life that is chaotic at times and doesn't make sense and unfair things happen and unjust? And how do we, how do we live like that? Fear God and keep his commands. And by fear God, of course, he doesn't mean be afraid of God. He means put, acknowledge God's proper place and power in our lives, in this world, and worship him for that. Worship God. And, and what does he mean by his commandments? Of course, to, to love God and to love our neighbor, love others. So how do we live in the midst of this hevel? We accept that hevel is part of life. But we keep worshiping. We keep acknowledging that God is good, that God is able we keep acknowledging that we love God, we follow Him, and we keep on loving others, no matter what. That's how we live in the midst of heaven. And, and then the author just beautifully, in the very last sentence of the whole book, this buzzkill of the Bible is a ray of hope. One sentence at the very end of the book, a ray of hope, because he says, For God will bring every deed into judgment including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. In other words, God will make sense of the hevel eventually. God will clarify the, the hevel in our lives for us. And, and the teacher had no idea that um, thousands um, or hundreds of years later, that God would actually send His Son to enter into our hevel and to take on our hevel and to take that all the way to the cross and defeat that once and for all and set up a time which is still to come for us where God will properly judge good, what is good and, and what is evil and properly clear up the heaven for us once and for all. That is the hope that we have. Well, why, why is Ecclesiastes here? Why the buzzkill? What's the point of it all? Perhaps we need to unlearn a few of our false expectations about how life is meant to be in order to properly appreciate the God who gives us life in the first place. Perhaps the wisdom of Ecclesiastes is that it's only in the acceptance of the hevel in our life that we can truly trust the author of it. The one who can see through the smoke. The one who can, who can control the vapor. The one who can grasp what we cannot.
Will you pray with me? Lord, right now, we just want to acknowledge that life doesn't always make sense. We want to acknowledge that for many of us, life is heavy. It's, it's fleeting. It's gone. It's, it's here one minute and gone the next. It's, it's so hard to grasp that sometimes we just don't know what's going on. It seems unfair. It seems unjust. Life just seems like a vapor. Lord, we thank you that Ecclesiastes acknowledges that this is true in our lives, that this is a part of life. We thank you that the Bible, your word, Lord, is completely honest about how life is. The life isn't always easy. The life isn't always smooth. And that life will present its challenges. But Lord, we thank you for your promise that you will be there through it all. Lord, we thank you that we can continue to worship you because you are the author of life. You are the creator of the universe. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are worthy of our worship despite everything else that's happening. Lord, we thank you that no matter what, we can trust in you. And Lord, we trust in the idea that there will come a day where you clarify the haze in our lives. Where you will make sense of it all. You'll clear it all the way. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. We thank you that you've taken our hevel upon yourself. <coughs> and as we continue to sing and worship here this morning, Lord, thank you for the reminder that through it all, you are there. Amen.